0: In my humble opinion, it's the nectar of the gods. I can't do without it, and if you can, then I'm not entirely sure that we can be friends. There's nothing quite like a good caffeine hit, and in today's episode, I'm going to discuss caffeine and the impact it has on our sleep. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to A Healthy Shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And I would like to personally welcome you to this episode of A Healthy Shift Podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I sincerely appreciate you. Today's episode, the impact of caffeine on sleep. It's a good one, this one, and it's a topic that really, really does need discussing. Now the alarm goes off, we open our eyes and one of the first things we want to hear is the rumble of the coffee machine, right? It wakes us up and it gets us going. I call it the elixir of life, ah, the smell of it. I always promote, get up, open the blinds, expose yourself to the daylight, get your coffee and get outside in the light. Those that know me long enough will know that this is what I promote. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment and it's dark in the morning, sit in front of your sad light, sad, as in it's sad that you need one, but get a sad light with with the coffee first up and that will help you to reset your circadian rhythm. Now, it's important every morning that we reset our circadian rhythm and it's vital to reset it and it's just so undervalued that this is the time of day that it actually occurs. Now caffeine is a natural psychoactive substance which is found in many foods and beverages. Now psychoactive substances affect how the brain works and causes changes in mood, awareness, thoughts, feelings, behaviour. And that's kind of relatable with that caffeine in the morning, right? Like, for me, before caffeine, I hate everyone. But then after I've had caffeine, I no longer care that I hate everyone. Just kidding. Well, kind of kidding. Anyway, let's move on. Caffeine is found in many plants. Coffee beans, tea leaves, cacao pods, cola nuts. So therefore, your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, even the chocolate. And soft drink, or sodas, they all have caffeine in them. It's also in high doses in energy drinks, as well as your pre-workouts. In fact, it's realistically the only beneficial ingredient in a pre-workout, with the truth be told. Now, I'll get to the energy drinks later, but let's just discuss the most popular and most potent form of caffeine in our daily life, coffee. Now, we can drink it by the bucket load, but how much caffeine is there in my coffee? And therein lies the problem. It's impossible to tell, and it varies greatly. In a standard 250ml cup of coffee, there could literally be anything from 95 to 200 milligrams of caffeine, depending on the brand, the quality, and the content. Even an espresso coffee pot, it's estimated has between 50 and 100 milligrams of caffeine per cup. Yes, even your cup of tea has caffeine, which is somewhere between 15 and 60 milligrams. A can of Coke Zero, there you go, 45 milligrams of caffeine in that as well. We can all be thinking that we're doing the right thing, but all of this adds up. Think about it. You have your bits and pieces here, your bits and pieces there, you have a nice relaxing cup of tea before you go to bed, and before you know it, you've put another 60 milligrams of caffeine in. So, Rog, what is the safe dose per day? All right. The safe dose per day of caffeine is approximately 400 milligrams, and for Pregnant and breastfeeding women, it's 200 milligrams per day. And be warned, any more than that may cause miscarriage or even a low birth weight. So read the labels and be aware of what you're actually consuming. Caffeine is in so many foods and drinks that we consume without even realising. Now we know that these mothers and monsters and Vs and things like that are all got caffeine in them. But have a look, it will blow your brain as to how much is in it. So you get up and you have your caffeine in the morning, you have another caffeine and then you go and have some chocolate or you have your diet soda and then you have a mother and before you know it, you're up to five or 600 milligrams of caffeine. That all adds up. All right, so we now know what it's in and we know how much is safe for us to consume But how does caffeine actually affect us? Now, our small intestine rapidly absorbs caffeine from the foods and the drinks that we consume. And the maximum effect of caffeine usually occurs within about 45 to 60 minutes. Once caffeine hits the brain, the caffeine molecule blocks the brain's adenosine receptor. Okay, So now I'm going to have a crack at trying to explain this to you in the most simplistic way. Adenosine is a sleep-promoting chemical that is produced and continues to build up in the brain the longer that we are awake. Now, the more that adenosine builds up, the sleepier that we become, and this is known as sleep pressure, and it's a buildup of adenosine creating it. Now, on the other hand, the caffeine molecule is identical to the adenosine molecule and it attaches itself to the adenosine receptor in the brain, which blocks the adenosine, keeping us alert and vigilant. Now, when we sleep, adenosine is flushed from the brain. So this is why when we wake up and we drink our coffee and within an hour and before any adenosine has any chance to build up in the brain, the caffeine goes to the adenosine receptor blocks it, and it keeps us stimulated. Over time, caffeine starts to fall away from the receptors, but if we keep drinking caffeine, then it continues to block the receptor, not allowing sleep pressure to build up. So how long does the caffeine last in our system? Well, the effects of caffeine are actually measured in its half-life. In majority of the population, this is approximately four to six hours. Now, a half-life means that your body has metabolized or processed half of the caffeine that you consume. Now, think back to the actions of the caffeine molecule. It blocks adenosine, remember. This means that up to six hours later, half of this caffeine is still being metabolized and is still blocking adenosine, which is inhibiting your sleep. You need adenosine, which is the sleep pressure, to be able to sleep. Yeah, yeah, I get it. There are those of you that say, I can have an espresso and still go to sleep, say nah. Great, congratulations. But you are reducing your sleep time, the efficiency and the satisfaction levels of that sleep. And the older you are, the more caffeine impacts on your sleep. You may very well go to sleep. Kudos to you if you can have an espresso and go to sleep, not a problem at all. But caffeine impacts greatly on what is known as our slow-wave sleep. And this is the deep and restful sleep that has us feeling refreshed and alert when we wake up. Now, caffeine is also known to disrupt our circadian rhythm. And the more we dysregulate our circadian rhythm, then the more out of sync we become with all of the important processes that our body performs during the 24-hour cycle. Now, I'm just going to quote from a, uh, a the Sleep Foundation website here. One study examined the effects of caffeine intake at zero, three, and six hours before bedtime and found that even caffeine consumed six hours before bed would reduce sleep time by up to one hour. In addition, Study participants reported sleeping problems when consuming caffeine at 0 to 3 hours before bed, but they did not realise that their sleep was also disrupted when consuming caffeine 6 hours before bed. So if you have difficulty sleeping, consider limiting any caffeine intake 6 hours before bed. Now, can caffeine cause insomnia? While there are short-term performance benefits to caffeine consumption, overuse can also lead to insomnia symptoms, or worse, pre-existing, worsen pre-existing insomnia. Now, consuming caffeine to stay awake at night may lead to sleeplessness, anxiety, frequent nighttime awakenings, and overall a poorer sleep quality. In addition, caffeine from sodas has been linked to increased severity of sleep-disordered breathing which is the primary characteristic of object, uh, uh, Apologies, obstructive sleep apnea. Notably, this association was only found with caffeinated sodas, but not with coffee or tea, although it's unclear why. Now, regardless, those who suffer from sleep disorder breathing may not know about their sleep disruption and find themselves attributing excessive daytime sleepiness to other causes. Now, if you struggle with sleepiness during the day... It might be time to reevaluate your caffeine consumption, especially if you're drinking sodas or soft drink all day. If you're drinking those Coke Zeros and you're suffering from sleep apnea, that may very well be the connection, science says. So when is the best time to have caffeine and when should I stop? Caffeine is not to be demonised, and I'm not having any of that. I can tell you right now, not under any government that I rule. Caffeine is excellent for when you wake up to prevent adenosine and prevent sleepiness and to get you going. In fact, on my Instagram is a reel which explains the benefit of the caffeine power nap, which is a fun one if you're dead on your feet and you need to close your eyes to freshen up for a bit. Check it out. It basically means that when you are really pushed for time and you are really sleepy and you know you need to nap but you don't have much time... Having a a shot of coffee and then sleeping, it takes about 20 to 25 minutes for the um, adenosine to flush from your brain, and also it gives the caffeine a chance to go into your brain. In that time, it will wake you wide up. So when you wake up, you will be totally awake as soon as you wake up. So that's one way of fixing it. Go and have a look at the post because it explains it even more. Now, remember, in majority of people, caffeine has a half-life of up to six hours, so all those coffees, colas, chocolate, and even that calming cup of tea before bed are all adding caffeine, which takes six hours to process half of, and this will impact on the restful and restorative sleep you need. Whatever time you're planning on going to bed, work back at least six hours from there, keeping in mind how much caffeine you've had throughout the day. So don't look at, like, I've had 15 coffees up until um, 4pm in the afternoon, so I'll just make this my last one, because you're still going to have half of that running around in your system. Keep that in mind, how much caffeine that you've had, not just when you're having your last one, because half of that is still going to be in your system six hours later. On night shift, I highly recommend, sorry, not sorry, no caffeine after midnight. It's hard enough sleeping on night shift as it is. So don't add a complicated variable to that by drinking caffeine to stay awake, to struggle to sleep, to need more caffeine to stay awake. Now I want you to say that out loud to yourself and hear how it sounds because this is what majority of us shift workers do. We are tired. We're outside our circadian rhythm. We start slamming down the caffeine to stay awake. Keep going with the caffeine, keep going with the caffeine. All night, we're still drinking caffeine at three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Then we get home, we go to sleep because we're exhausted, but we wake up, we can't sleep, we've got to pee, we've got to have, we can't sleep, we get anxiety. This is the whole problem too much caffeine. So if you're having trouble going to sleep and you're waking up during your sleeps or anxiety while you're lying there in bed, this could very well be a warning sign that the caffeine is actually interfering with your sleep. If you're tired, or if, sorry, if you're waking up tired and you're reaching for caffeine, perhaps it might be time to start skipping those coffees in the morning and battling through the day and getting a solid sleep to combat the fatigue itself. Have a think about that cycle because we tend to drink coffee all day and then we Don't sleep properly. If we're waking up tired, we're not getting restorative and refreshed sleep, then we're back to that situation that I said before. We're needing caffeine to stay awake. So we have caffeine all day, then we can't sleep, and then we need more caffeine. Whereas if you wiped out the caffeine to start off with, you would find that you would sleep better. The amount of people that I see and I know that are drinking caffeine all day and then taking sleeping tablets to sleep, you are actually not even sleeping caffeine prevents sleep when you are actually on sleeping tablets to sleep you are not sleeping you are knocked out so your body is not getting that restorative sleep that it needs so that's caffeine i can't emphasize enough caffeine's important to get us going and to block those adenosine receptors when we first wake up and shift workers we live on it i know But it's really important how you time it. And you've got to be super careful. And as a shift worker with a disrupted circadian rhythm and sleep-wake cycle, I would highly recommend that you actually push that six hours out even more. And in particular on the night shift, nothing past midnight. And there's a reason around that circadian rhythm. Please don't create more problems in your circadian rhythm with the sleep-wake cycle. Give yourself the opportunity to get that good sleep. You will sleep better. You will wake up more refreshed and you will not have the problem of having to need caffeine to get through the next day. So that's it. Caffeine. I hope you got something out of that. If you do, please go and rate the, um, the podcast or review. I really enjoy doing the podcast. This is episode number 48. There's two more and I'm going to do a special edition for episode 50. Um, I'm going to do a... Followers Q and A. So if people have got any questions that they would like answered on the podcast, feel free, please, to reach out to me through the links in my bio, um, uh, sorry, in the show notes, and also in my through my bio in my Instagram. Send me questions that you'd like answered because I'll be recording that during this week, um, and that will be a lot of fun to do as well. And I'll answer your questions for you, and I'll even. Name you. And I'll uh, say that this is your question. So thanks for listening. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com.